Amen. You guys can be seated. So if it's your first time here at Journey or maybe you haven't been uh, since the start of the new year, in January, we've been studying in a series called Recalculating, sort of taking off the idea of a GPS that you take a wrong turn and it recalculates you to get you back on the right road. And we've been looking at that asking, um, are there any areas of my life spiritually between me and God that, that I need to get back on the right road? You know, maybe I went on a terrible road, but I just I know that I could be closer to Jesus. I, I know my spiritual life could have more energy and excitement, and I, I, I just want to get back on the right road. So, so we've used this idea of recalculating. The thing is, making a U-turn or, or going around the block and getting back on the right road is not all there is to arriving at the right destiny. Um, uh, if, you, if you have a flat tire, just making a U-turn is not going to help. Right? If your battery's dead, you're not going to be able to make a U-turn. But sometimes a part of recalculating or a part of traveling to the place you know you need to be is to actually do a little bit of work, like to, to pop the hood and, and, and get under and, and to fix some things, just to get engaged with the work a little more. Spiritual growth and the spiritual life has a learning sort of knowledge component to it, but it also has a, an action component uh, where, you know, I need to engage in something bigger than me. I, I, I need to serve. I need to volunteer somewhere. I, I just need to do something. And I'm going to encourage you today to make that a part of your spiritual recalculation in, in 2016. Uh, Bob Goff has come up with what he thinks is the greatest lie of all time. And the greatest lie of all times, according to Bob Goff, can be summed up in two words. The words, someone else. Right? All of those times that we think, you know, somebody ought to do something about this. That's a job for someone else. Or this, does nobody else see this problem? Someone else needs to fix that. Or, hey, we need to start this new thing. I think this would be fantastic. Someone else ought to start it. And let's be honest, all of us, because we're busy, because life's crazy and our calendar's full, all of us have a lot of someone else in us. Goff goes on to write, It becomes clear that we need to stop plotting the course and instead just land the plane on our plans to make a difference by getting to the do part of faith. That's because love is never stationary. In the end, love doesn't just keep thinking about it or keep planning for it. Simply put, love does. I mean, the the spiritual life of love has this action component. I'm going to do something, like tuning up a car. Sometimes you got to pop the hood. Sometimes you got to put it up on the jack and take the tire off. Sometimes you got to change the oil and filter, and that means you get your hands dirty. And if you know me at all, you know that I have no idea how to do any of that. So I'm going to use another metaphor, one that Jesus used, and get away from tuning up the car because I would be lousy. My car would stop running if I tried to do a tune-up on my own car. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 24 and 25, he's nearing the time of his death, his crucifixion. He's going to be arrested, crucified, he's going to rise again. So he's coming up on that time when he's going to be crucified. And chapters 24 and 25 are just story after story that Jesus is telling his followers. 
And they have different characters and different things happen in the stories. But they all kind of have this same theme. And the theme is, get ready. Be prepared at all times because you don't know what's going to happen next. Like you, you, you don't know what God's going to do. You, you don't know when the world's going to end. That sort of big picture. You don't know what's coming. So make sure spiritually you're always ready to go. You're, you're always ready. In Matthew chapter 25, he tells a story that for some of you, you've heard a bunch. And for some of you, it'll be your very first time. If you grew up in VBS or Sunday school, you probably heard this story. A time or two. Uh, if not, this is brand new to you. It's a great story. This is how it goes in Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14. Again, in other words, he's telling this series of stories. Again, it will be like a man or a woman, a person going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. So here's how the story sets up. There's, a, there's an owner of a business, an organization, a, mass, a master, somebody who's in charge. And the CEO is going on a trip. We don't know what kind of trip. He's just going away and he's leaving his organization. So he comes to three of his employees and says, look, I'm going to invite you into the big picture of my organization and I'm going to hand you a part of my organization, and it's your job to run with it while I'm gone. It's your job to do something with the part of my organization that I'm going to give to you until I get back. Now, if you heard this story as a kid, it was referred to as the parable or the story of the talents. Because most translations, up until just recently said that the owner gave one guy five talents and another guy two talents and the third guy one talent. Talent came to have a very specific meaning in English. So later on after this story, we kind of came up with a very specific definition. You all know what it is. Talent is, is something you're good at that maybe other people aren't good at. It's an ability. It's, an, a, it's a skill uh, that you have that some other people probably don't have. That's a talent in English. That's not at all what it meant when Jesus told this story. It's actually a financial term. And then it, it, it kind of gets confusing from there because it wasn't a specific amount of money. Like a talent wasn't a $100 bill. We, could, we understand that. A talent was a relative amount of money. Uh, I, I tried to come up with a, something that was comparable and I couldn't come up with anything. So here's how it worked. If you think about your annual salary, whatever it is, all right, and it's different for everybody in the room. You have an annual salary, I have an annual salary. Whatever your annual salary is, multiply that by, and it kind of depends on who you read, but somewhere between 16 and 20 years of your annual salary, that was one talent. All right, so on the high end, 20 times whatever you can make in a year is one talent. So we sort of plug that in and we realize the first guy gets maybe a hundred years worth of salary. And the second guy gets 40 years of a salary and the last guy gets 20 years of salary. Now the NIV, the newest NIV just kind of says they got a bag of gold. All right, don't worry about what a talent is. One got five bags, got two bags, got one bag. Let's don't worry about talents. Bags of gold. 
while there is kind of a financial component to it, I mean, it does, it, it is about money in a sense. It's not really about money. That's not what he's talking about. What the owner did is he gave his employees two things. He gave them opportunity. When he gave them talents or bags of gold, however you want to think about it, when he presented that to them, he said, I'm giving you an opportunity to participate in a big way in my organization, an opportunity you haven't had up until now. I'm giving you an open door. Here it is. Here's your opportunity. Be a part of this organization in some great way. Knock yourself out. Get out there. Get after it. Go make something happen. It's an opportunity. Much like, kind of going back to financial, much like if you got 100 years worth of salary today, you would have opportunities tomorrow that you didn't have yesterday, right? Like you're already thinking of them. You're already thinking, well, I could do this, and I'd buy that, and I'd give this money away, and I'd do these. All of these things I could do, these opportunities that I would have, you don't have to play Powerball, right? Because we all, all of you lost on Powerball, right? Because we didn't, like, get a big donation or anything. So I'm assuming you all lost. I'm assuming... You all lost at Powerball. Don't tell me if I'm wrong. But look, you don't have to play Powerball. You don't have to do anything. Just here's 100 years worth of salary. That opens the opportunities in your life, doesn't it? It would mine. So the master comes along and says, hey, I'm going to give you some opportunities. I'm going to give you an open door. With that opportunity, the other thing the master is giving his employees is responsibility. If I'm going to give this to you, then you're going to be responsible for what you do with it. I mean, I'm going to kind of hold you accountable a little bit. I, I expect you to do something with this. I, I, I'm going to invest in you, and I expect you to invest what I invested in you. I'm going to invest in you, and I'm going to expect you to take my investment. It's not yours, really, because I gave it to you. I'm going to, t- I'm going to expect you to take my investment, and then you go invest it and do something great. You do something awesome. You walk through the door. You take that opportunity because you're now responsible for what I've given you. Now, let's be clear. None of these investments were small. Like, none of them were chump change, Right? If I told you, meet me in the lobby right after the service, I'm going to stroke a check for 16 times whatever your annual salary is. Nobody's leaving the parking lot till you get that check, right? If I said I'm going to give you five bucks, then some of you might leave. If I said I'm going to pay you 20 times what you'll make this year, the line is long. None of these, five, two, one, the amount really wasn't the point because the owner was giving everybody this huge amount to work with. Now, the story obviously has a bigger meaning than there's an owner, a CEO, and his employees. I mean, there's something spiritual that Jesus is trying to say, and part of what Jesus is saying is, look, I, if, if you follow me, like, like if you want... If you want to be a part of my kingdom, if you, want, if you want to be a part of my family, I'm going to entrust you with some opportunities in your life, and none of them are going to be small. I'm, I'm going to entrust, they may look small, because you're like me. I tend to look at my opportunities and compare them to everybody else's opportunities. And, and I rarely compare them with people that I think have less opportunity, right? I always compare them with, well, 
he gets this thing and she's got that and they've got a bigger platform and they got more of this and they got more of that and we don't have this. We have a tendency to look at the opportunities God's given us and think, well, they're not really that big. There are no not big opportunities in the kingdom. And some of us need to look at what God's going to put in front of us in 2016, the doors He's going to open, and we just need to commit right now, last Sunday in January, as we're recalculating, we need to, re, we need to commit and say, God, whatever, you do, whatever door you put in front of me, whatever opportunity you open in front of me, I'm going to see it as a big opportunity. I'm going to see it as coming from you, and I'm going to see it as a big investment. So that brings up the question for the rest of this year, What's God putting in front of you? What door is He going to open? What, what circumstance is He going to show you? And then He's going to say, look, I've given you what you need to meet this. I've given you what you need to step into this opportunity. Here at Journey, and you, you may be new, maybe your first time uh, or your second time, but here at Journey, I think God's invested a lot here. I think God has opened opportunities for us to do ministry, and, and that comes with responsibility. Last Sunday night, some of you were here, we kind of looked back at how we got started and what's happened since then, and we revisited the launch, and then what happened through the fall and December and first Christmas, and we, we just looked at a lot of things that had happened. It was an incredible spirit uh, here uh, Sunday nights. We all got together and were just amazed at what God has done but I walked away from that, and I said it that night. I said, all that God has done makes me ask the question, how are we going to steward all this goodness from God? Like, we're, we're responsible for that now. And we're responsible for what God has put in front of us to, to say, all right, God, you did all of this. We're going to invest as well. We're going to work as well. We're going to go through open doors as well, and I don't know if we're a five-talent or two-talent or one-talent, how many bags of gold we got. I got no idea. I just know that God has done some real investing here in Journey. And so as we wrap up this series, part of what I'm going to ask you to do as we get closer to the end is sign up. Is to say, hey, I'm going to be a part. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. I can't do everything, but God's given me some opportunities. God's given me some abilities. I'm in. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to be a part of it. The story goes on in verse 16. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So immediately we see there's two ways of responding to the open door that God gives us. Two ways of responding to the opportunities that God gives us. One is we go all in, right? We go all in. We start investing. We take responsibility. We say, all right, if God trusts me with this, then he must want me to do it, not someone else. He's calling me to step into this moment. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to work until he comes back, until he says, all right, that's enough. I'm going to keep doing this. And that's the way two servants responded. I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I, I don't know how to measure it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm in. And then sort of the, the other option is to do nothing. And there was... One servant who decided, I'm not jumping in, I'm hanging on the sidelines, I'm not investing, 
I'm going to do nothing. In 2016, we got 11 months stretching out in front of us. Both you personally and us as a family, those are the two options. In, come on, get on board, find a place, serve somewhere, or just sit back and do nothing. Those are the options for us as well. But notice the consequences of those decisions. Verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. After a long time, he came back and he expected results. He, he expected that they would have done something. It was expectation on the part of the owner. And the other thing to notice about this line is it, it wasn't immediate that he, that he came back. It, it wasn't immediate that they got to assess how well they did. Like it wasn't they invested one day and then the next day they got to tell everybody, hey, look how great this is. After a long time, serving anywhere in a, in a church, in a, in a nonprofit, in an organization, serving anywhere is not instant gratification. And, and I want to encourage you, if you decide to get in, if you decide to sign up somewhere, it, it may take a little while before you begin seeing results, but results will come. After a while, the master comes back and says, hey, how'd it go? Tell me all about it. And here's what they said. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. So the first guy, they got five. He invested. He goes to work, produces five more. The master shows up, says, great job. This is exactly what I wanted you to do. Way to go after it. Come enjoy your master's happiness. You have been faithful with a few things, which I had never paid attention to that line. Until I did the math and figured out what a few things was. Remember what a few things was to this guy? It was a hundred years of annual salary. And the master looked at that and said, I gave you a little bit of what I got. Yeah, I gave you, I, I, I give you a few things. A hundred years of salary to the owner of the company. The owner of the organization was, yeah, that's a little bit. Which makes me wonder, how much does he have? Right? If that's a little bit, how much could the owner have poured out? And he promised. He says, look, that was just a little bit. I got more. I'm going to give you a whole lot more. That's just a few things. Because what sounds like an enormous amount to us, 100 years worth of salary, what sounds like an enormous amount of things to us is just a few things to the master. And no matter what you've seen in your life, no matter what we've experienced this journey over the past 10 months, no matter what we've looked at and went, wow, that's amazing, that's incredible, I'm convinced God is going, yeah, that was just a little bit. That's just a little bit of what I want to do in you if you will be faithful. So then we see the next guy. Two bags of gold, invests it, goes all in, gets two more bags of gold. Great job, says the same thing. Your faith with a few things, I'm going to give you more. Come enjoy your master's happiness. And then the third guy shows up, and this is what he says in verse 24. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, 
I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. Completely different story. A couple of problems with the third guy. One is he has a wrong perspective of the master, the owner. His impression of the owner is he's going to be really mad at me if I mess this up. He's really going to get me if I do something wrong. If I step out of line, if I lose some of this money, like he's going to totally zap me. You don't hear any of that in the first two. The first two didn't go all in because they were afraid of what the master was going to do to them. They didn't view the master that way. This guy views the master as harsh and cruel and vindictive and judgmental. And for one, if that's the way we view God, it's going to be hard to get in, right? I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to pull close to a God that we view as harsh and vindictive and ready to crush us at any moment. But it, it, it's certainly going to be hard to find joy in serving if the reason we serve is because we're afraid, well, God's going to be mad at me if I don't, or the pastor's going to be mad at me if I don't, or people are going to look at me because they serve and I don't serve. That's not why we serve. And the first two give a great example of this because when the master's talking to the first two, After he's done with him, the last thing he says is, come and share your master's happiness. Now you understand that when you get engaged in what I'm doing in the world while I'm gone, you get more joy out of it. Come. Come find some more joy in what you're doing because being a part of something bigger than you results in greater joy for you and for me, come. I want you to share my happiness. Now, as we go into 2016, as individuals and as a church, when we get to next January and we meet up here on a Sunday night and we have awesome worship and, and we take a look back at 2016 and we say, can you believe this happened? Can you believe God did this? Can you believe we saw these people baptized? Can you see, believe this person's now a part of our church and they're in a small group? This person's become a leader I want you to sit there and think, man, I was a part of that. Like I was in that. I stood at the door, and they were first-timers, and I welcomed them, and then I got to know them, and then they became part of our small group. I served somebody coffee. I led a small group. I was a part of this ministry. We went and helped in our community. I was a part of what happened. I taught second-grade kids, and two of the kids in our class got baptized this year. I was a part of that. There is a joy There is a enter into my happiness part of you doing what God's created you to do. Of me and you stepping into the opportunities that God's going to give us in 2016. And yeah, in a minute I'm going to ask you to fill out a form. That's the way it works. We've locked the doors. You can't get out. (laughs) It's too late. I'm going to say, hey, let us know what opportunity you think God may want for you this year. How how do you step into this? How do you become a part? Not just somebody who comes 
and sits and sings. And I know that's how it starts. And if it's your first or second or third week, I know it's a part of you got to figure out if this is the right place. But for a lot of you, you've already figured that out. This is the right place. So come on. Come on and help us move what God is doing forward here at Journey. So that a year from now, you're not someone who just kind of comes in and leaves. You're making stuff happen here. Here's, here's the other problem with the third servant. He's more afraid of making a mistake than of missing out on what the master wants to do through him. He says to the master, I was afraid. I, said, like, I didn't want to mess up. I was afraid I'd do the wrong thing. I was afraid you'd get mad. I was afraid that I couldn't do it, so I did nothing. Here you go. I didn't hurt anything. Here's your investment. I didn't mess it up. Here's the problem. God who's in control of everything, God who has more resources than we could ever imagine, is not sitting in heaven opening doors of opportunity and saying, Oh, I sure hope they don't mess up. I hope they don't blow this. Like, everything's going to be ruined if Ken blows this. That's not what God's doing. God's in heaven going, I got everything under control. But I want to give Ken an opportunity. I want to give all of you an opportunity to be a part of something eternal, to be a part of something big. Just go try something. The only servant that gets condemned in this, in this story is the one who didn't try. It's, it's not a servant that messed anything up. It's a servant that didn't try anything. As a matter of fact, the master looks at him at one point and says, Okay, look, if you thought I was this big, terrible guy, why didn't you just go put it in the bank and at least get like 1% interest while I was gone? I mean, why didn't you do the bare minimum? Why do you do something? And, and, and I, think, I think God looks at us the same way. And he's saying, I'm not worried about you messing up. Mess up. At least you try. At least you're doing something. Just, just put yourself out there. Walk through the door of opportunity. God, God doesn't give us opportunities hoping we won't mess up. God gives us opportunities, hoping we'll step out and try so that He can bring more joy into our lives. Now, in the story, Jesus is telling the story, and the owner has two words for servant number three. And they are, verse 26, you wicked, lazy servant. Now, quickly... Those are Jesus' words, right? I didn't make those words up. I didn't put them in the Bible. If your Bible says something else, then you can show me later. But this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, here are the two words to describe servant number three. You're wicked and you're lazy. What, what does he mean? I think this is what he means. If you're burying your opportunities and walking away, if you're saying someone else, every time God calls you to step into ministry, there's a heart problem. I think that's what he means by wicked. He's like, there's something going on in you. I don't know if it's pride. 
I don't know if it's self-centeredness, like you're trying to guard all your time and your calendar and you're busy like nobody else in the world is busy. You're, you're, you're trying to guard all of your money and all of your things and all of your, keep everything real nice and neat. There's a heart problem. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's self-centered. Maybe you just got to be in control. There's, there's a heart problem that's keeping you from engaging in ministry. And then the second thing he says is, you're lazy. You just don't want to do the work. You just don't want to show up early. You just don't want to stay late. You don't want to set up and tear down. You, you, you don't want to do a little bit extra in order to get involved. Again, not my words, Jesus' words. But I think sometimes those two things keep us from jumping into ministry. Heart problem. Too much about me. I just, I don't want to do the work. Jesus says this was the problem for number three. He, he valued security more than service. I want to be safe. He valued comfort more than involvement. If I get involved, that's going to require something of me. I'd rather just bury it and walk away. He valued protection more than investment. And for all of us, maybe here at Journey, maybe somewhere else, for all of us this year, God's going to put open doors of opportunity. He's going to nudge us. He's going to say, all right, I've given you what you need. Do something. Don't say someone else on this one. Do something. So, there are opportunities here. I mean, if this is your church family, if this is your home, if this is, you know God's put you here, even if you're trying to figure that out, maybe this is one of the ways you figure that out, is you say, you know what, I'm going to do something. I'm going to try something. I'm going to give some of my time. I'm going to give some of my ability. There are some things I could do to help expand and grow the kingdom of God here at Journey Church. You got this form when you came in. It, it just lists some of our needs. Some of the things we need people to say yes to. Some of the things that we need people to step into. A couple of areas we need a lot of people to step into. We need a lot of people to say, yeah, I'll be on a rotation. I'll do once a month or I'll do twice a month. I'll be here. I'll help take care of that. We need some leadership in a couple of areas. We've got some great people. But we need, uh, we need some people who will say, yeah, I will be a part of organizing that particular area. Um, our children's ministry, our student ministry. Um, I see one, of course, I see it in the second service. I see one little error on the, on the sheet. Guest services is a group that we haven't had a specific team for. So we need leaders and we need people who will serve at the guest services table, answer questions, help people get signed up for things, uh, help give out our first-time uh, first guest gifts over at guest services. So we need a leader there and we just need bodies there as well. So however you want to note that on your form. At the bottom... We have some opportunities outside of Journey. It's not all about getting all of our slots filled here. If you want to engage in some great ministry that's taking place in our community and in our area, here for Mother's Morning Out here at Uniting Hope for Children. They do it once a month right now. They'll do it once a week on Tuesdays in the summer. If you'll come up, watch Foster Kids for a couple of hours so they're 
Foster moms can get a break, go get their hair done, get Starbucks, do their grocery shopping. That's going to happen on Tuesdays through the summer, and it's happening once a month right now, right now. Another Uniting Hope for Children opportunity. They want some folks to provide frozen meals. Cook up a dish, freeze it. We're going to put it in a freezer here. That way, when a foster family needs an emergency meal, all they have to do is swing by here, take it out of the refrigerator, take it home, warm it up, and they've got a meal. If some of you would be willing to do that, we actually have an avenue where we can, we can get a lot of food, and, and maybe if somebody would coordinate that, we might get a lot of meals made. Um, Shepherd Staff is a, a ministry here in Loganville, does fantastic work with the needy in our area. Megan Herndon runs that. She's unbelievable. Would love to connect you with their ministry. Uh, they, they give out food boxes on Tuesdays. Uh, she has lots of sorting and organizing work that could be done. Uh, Safe House Outreach is a ministry in downtown Atlanta. Michael Giddens, who's in our church, who's also leading a small group, uh, he runs the ministry there. We're going to take some groups down to Safe House to minister uh, in the inner city among the homeless, uh, serve them a meal, maybe do a service for them. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of that, there it is right there. Just circle. Say, hey, I want to be a part of that. Fill out the bottom so we know how to, how to contact you. Um, especially your email, make, make sure that's real clear so we can contact you uh, through email. If you've been on multiple groups, some of you have been here from the beginning, and let's be honest, at the beginning, we needed everybody to do everything, right? Like everybody sign up for five things. And, and, and now we got more of us here, and some of you have realized, well, I can't do five things because a lot of them are all at the same time. So if you need to back out of a couple of things, just put a note on there. Say, hey, I signed up for this before. I'm going to switch over. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this other thing. It's very possible that in our new members class or at some time you filled one of these out and we didn't contact you. I'm sorry. We're trying to get all of our systems together. We are still a brand new church. If that's you, just blame me and have a forgiving heart and fill it out again. All right, say, hey, I, I was serious when I said I want to, or just leave the smart comment off and just circle it like nothing ever happened, right? Like nothing ever happened. Put your name, sign up, let's get you back on the calendar, get you on the calendar, get you in a group and ready to go. I, 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 I can speak from experience, and I could, a lot of people could speak from experience who would say, look, you're, you're going to feel a part of what's happening so much more if you invest a little of yourself. You don't have to do everything. Just do something. Just find your spot and your place and what you would be willing to do and let God use that in 2016. So fill those out. Here's what I'd like you to do. We're going to give our offering in just a minute. Is fold that sheet one time. And uh, if you fold it 10 times, it makes it really hard on everybody. Or if you make an airplane out of it, it makes it really hard. Just a nice, nice, even one-time fold is so beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing. So when the offering bucket comes by, uh, connection card, this sheet, if you're going to give today, then you can put all of that in the offering bucket at the same time. I know you may need just a minute, so I'm going to pray for us. 
And I got a couple of other things just to mention to you, and then we're going to receive our offering, then we're going to sing, and we'll be done. So let me pray for you. God, we're like the servants. You're, you're like the owner, and you have invested in us. You've, you've given us opportunity, open doors, and with that has come responsibility. And, and the end goal is not that we would do a bunch of stuff necessarily, that the end goal is not that we would not feel guilty. The end goal is you're inviting us into joy. You're inviting us into your happiness to the degree that we invest our lives in your kingdom. And, and so help us to find a spot. If, if, if this feels like home to someone, help them to find a spot where they can give of themselves in 2016. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, just a couple of things, and then we'll receive our offering and sing. If you signed up for our new members class for next, uh, we're going to be in this back hallway, and if you just go back there, then you'll see where we are. If you have kids, bring them and let them get their food, and then you can bring them back to the, uh, to the room. Uh, but we'll be starting about 10 minutes after the service is done uh, with next. This Wednesday night, we're kicking off for the first time, kids' small groups, kindergarten through fifth grade, will be meeting here at the same time that the students are meeting. So 6.30 to 8, we'll have ministry from kindergartners all the way through your high school seniors. Uh, they won't be together, but they have two different ministries going on. And that's kicking off this Wednesday night. If you're a parent and you have kids in that age range, get them here. Get them. We had, we had 49, had almost 50 students at youth ministry on Wednesday night. Just a killer, killer night. So get your students here. Bring your kids kindergarten through fifth grade. They're going to be memorizing the Bible. They're going to be learning great stories from the Bible. We have some wonderful adult teachers to love them and, and grow them in Christ. At the same time, we have some adult groups meeting. If you don't want to come and then go back home and then come back to pick them up, we have an awesome men's group that's going to meet here on Wednesday nights at 6.45. It's on the sheet that you got. Uh, they're going to be meeting in this building. You don't have to go anywhere after you bring the kids. Uh, we have a co-ed group that's going to be studying the book of Philippians. It's a fantastic New Testament book by Paul. Bring your kids. Go to the Philippians uh, study. Go to the men's study. Just easy, easy way for the whole family to come and, and grow together in Christ. So that's kicking off this Wednesday. All of our small groups are kicking off this week. So hopefully you're already a part of one. Uh, as our guys are coming, let me mention one last thing. Uh, out at the table, directly as you go out, are the charitable giving statements uh, from this past year. One of the huge challenges of being a brand new church, starting out of thin air, basically, is organization and detail and keeping up with stuff. We've tried to do the best we can, um, but the giving statements, whether you were online or whether you gave in the service, uh, if you didn't receive the online ones via email this week, then we have the hard copies out there. Just on your way out, uh, stop by the table and they can get that to you today. Uh, if you came prepared to give, if God's put it on your heart to give financially, we appreciate that and we're going to worship God in that way right now. Father, help us to be good stewards and faithful to what you've put on our hearts uh, for the sake of the kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.